<laughs> oh my god, uh, you guys. Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. Who are you? I'm Jamie. Oh my god, and I'm Robin. Yes, and we are your co-hosts as always. Oh. It's wait, been wait, real are. fun. It's been real fun. Wait, wait, that sounds like a breakup. <laughs> it's, it's been real fun. We're Robin. here. Well, we're not going anywhere, but we're having a really good time way, with you guys. Cut to next week when all of a sudden there's a new host. It's like, I'm Jamie and I'm Jennifer. <laughs> it's been real fun, Robin. I wanted to talk to you about something, Robin. <laughs> Isn't that how it always starts? Okay, guys, guess what? We are not in our normal recording studio. We're Tonight, off campus. We, we took a road trip. We did. We're not even going to talk about how I could not stay focused on the ways directions. It was, it was a mess. <laughs> It was a mess, but we made it here in one piece. And early because I am my father's daughter mm-hmm. and I made us leave really super early. Mm-hmm. And I supported that decision. <laughs> she sure did. <laughs> by going, yeah, I guess I'll be out front by then. <laughs> All right, listen, let's get to it. Today's episode is so mind-blowingly ex- amazing. Exciting. <laughs> we, we finished each other's contain- sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> we can't even contain ourselves. It's really exciting. Okay, today we have with us Zach Walls. I mean, you might remember him. He went viral when he spoke to the Iowa House of Representatives because there was an issue with gay marriage and he wanted to speak out. They were having support. a hearing. Yeah, exactly. And they wanted to, he wanted to speak out on behalf of his two moms. It, it's a beautiful speech. Um, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it, I think. Yeah, watch YouTube. that clip for, for and sure. And you can read it in his book, which I just read, which is a great book. Mm-hmm. It's called My Two Moms by Zach Walls. And Zach is also here today because he is running for Iowa State Senate. Big, big news. I mean, this big is a, deal. It's a pretty big deal for us, Jamie. It really is. I'm so excited. And, yeah. I, and I'm nervous, too, because he's I'm, he's like, too dumb really to be nervous. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring him in here. Welcome, Zach Walls. Hi, Zach. Hi, thanks for having me. I want to just say before we get we into anything. We have to talk about this. I mean, for sure. he's a tall drink of water. He sure is. <laughs> My goodness. It's true. I, I did not expect that. <laughs> most people don't. You can't tell on the internet. Yeah, isn't that weird? No. Yeah, well, you know, especially in the video that most people, many people have seen, or most people, kind of their, how they get to know me, you, the angle of the camera, you can't tell based uh-huh. on who's standing behind me, you know, my relative height. So people meet me in person and they tend to be surprised. I love it. I feel like you can always tell that I'm short no matter what, so. Well, so, I mean, I, I saw you walk walk in, but I was sitting at that point. So actually, we'll have to do a side-by-side oh, selfie. Oh, I think I'm as tall as you sitting when I'm sitting. <laughs> I think it's pretty close, so. We'll have to take some pictures later. We'll put oh, them up we'll on get some our social Instagram. media. So we want to start with you, where we start with everyone, which is the elevator pitch mm-hmm. um, about you and your family. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, so the, the short version is my mom, Terry, my biological mom, decided in the late 1980s that she wanted to have some kids. She was a single lesbian woman living in central Wisconsin practicing oh. medicine mm-hmm. in a town of about 20,000 people. And... Not easy to get pregnant if you're in that position. It took her some time. She found a a cryobank in the Fairfax, Washington, D.C. area. She found a fertility clinic in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in 1991. My younger sister, Zeb, was born in 1994. She and I have the same donor and same biological mother, so we are full biological siblings. And if she was sitting right here, you can see the similarities. It's very strong. And then in 1995, my mom, Terry, met... 
a cute nurse named Jackie who Stop was it. finishing up her <laughs> uh, master's in nursing. Nurse uh, yeah, no, literally Nurse Jackie, uh, <laughs> which we actually, I've never seen even a single episode. But is, but. She, oh, it's so nurse, good. is yeah. she like Nurse Jackie? I mean, not I don't know. I've never, I've never seen, stuff, never seen an she's episode. She's a drug addict. Let's hope that <laughs> your mom's not Nurse um, Jackie. If the drug is my mom's love, then I think that's, that's probably accurate. Oh, but. look at that. Aww. He just got so sweet. Aww. And so, th- you know, they hit it off. This is 1995. They had a lot of the same values, mm-hmm. same kind of you know, lifestyle goals and, and hopes and dreams for, for what their family situation would be like. And like, let's be real, the lesbian dating pool in central oh, Wisconsin yeah. in 1995, not, not, not huge. No, so I'm sure. yeah, they had a commitment ceremony in 96 and I say commitment ceremony, of course, because they didn't even, you know, know yeah. uh, civil unions, let alone gay marriage, but, uh, f- friends and family, beautiful Unitarian Universalist church in central Wisconsin. They walked down the aisle to the theme song of Star Trek Voyager. Of course they did. Yes. To boldly go where no man had oh. gone before. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Love them. In their case. And, uh, I, I was mean, much, unless there was some experience. Experimental time yeah, in college well, that they haven't talked to you about. Yeah, but, you know. well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I was going to say, cover your ears. Well, see, this Zach. is the thing. Is like, you know, people always say, oh, you know, gay parents. Like, we don't like to think about our parents' sexual no. orientation. No, That's disgusting. Knows, <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, My mother anyway. was just trying to talk about sex with me the other day. I said, Mom, Why? stop. Like, Why would she do that? You're years old. You shouldn't be able to. No, Mom, never. No, no. Right. Never. I'm plugging my ears. Right. I can't. No. You know, so, I, anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we, no, oh. no, it's all good. It's an <laughs> occupational hazard. Um, <laughs> so, wait. So, Nurse Jackie, she's all in. Like, your mom's got two kids. Like, yep. you're walking into a family. And Nurse yep. Jackie was just like, I'm in. Yep. Well, we didn't have a dog yet. So, we got a dog <laughs> after that. And then the then family <laughs> unit was, like, set. And, and then you got an you SUV. Know, wait, no, uh, uh, a Subaru. No, well, so no, no Subaru. That's actually, it's a joke I like to tell when I'm talking to college audiences that my parents don't live in a gay house or they don't drive gay cars. They don't even drive Subarus. <laughs> and, and that tends to get a, a rise out of people. Zach, in your book, you do talk about your mom's, uh, your mom, Terry's struggle. Um, uh, she had a little bit of a struggle finding a clinic to use. Mm-hmm, that's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um and and then also she had uh, uh, something that struck me in your book uh, was that the the local paper wouldn't print the birth mm-hmm. announcement mm-hmm. Beca- because they don't yeah. do illegitimate children. Which so was, they, they seriously they considered yeah. you illegitimate? Yeah, yes. because there was no there was no father. And this was what year? Wow. 1991. That is crazy. And then the whole um, struggle for her to find somebody to inseminate her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't a doctor turn her well, down? Well, so there was. So she tried to find a fertility clinic in uh, the Midwest. Couldn't find one that she uh, could work with, or and so it wasn't until she found one in San Francisco. And I think it might have actually literally been in the Castro district. It's I'm, where not, I'm, I'm from. Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. So, but it was. You know, so it was a very different time. You know, yeah. she, I mean, she literally. Uh, I mean, she, you weren't like the internet existed, but you weren't like doing Google searches no, in 91. No, 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 no. It was, just no, it's to, for time different. and place. I was drunk in college in 1991, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Not at like Princeton. Oh, Robin. So it was, I was anyway. fun though. <laughs> Sorry. No, my, and my mom went to Drake. Um, she, uh, Drake University is in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. She grew up in a little, she grew up on a family farm in Northeast Iowa, always knew she was a little different growing up. And it wasn't until she got to college and, you know, began to understand that she was a lesbian woman and uh, came out to her parents, I think shortly after she, uh, she finished at Drake. Hmm. So. Yeah, and you know a lot about your, both of your mom's um, struggles with 
with coming out and being gay and with their families. Mm -hmm. And you talk very openly about mm -hmm. it, which in your book even, which I just love to hear, first of all, as a, a son knows so much about his moms. Mm -hmm. uh, we yeah, both, that's we not... both have sons, so mm -hmm. that's something. I was like, I do? I forgot for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we have sons and daughters. That's right. So we right, kind of mirror your family. And I have the same donor for both my kids too, mm -hmm. um, which is, so it's just uh, interesting to hear your take on that. I mean, look, I have a very close relationship with both of my moms. Um, I think Terry and I have a little bit more in common temperamentally. We just we, we just do. Uh -huh. yeah, we're, we're very similar in a lot of ways. I'm very close with Jackie. There's no way to go through the struggles that we went through as a family, both with some of the kind of the bigger challenges growing up with same-sex parents in, in Iowa, but then also having specifically to deal with Terry's multiple sclerosis uh -huh. and everything that that entailed. There, you know, there's no way we could have gotten through that and, and not been close. Or, I mean, I guess we could have just like fallen apart, but I'm very glad that didn't happen. So that's a perfect leeway right now to, to, to segue. Talk, to segue. Oh. <laughs> See, Jamie lost words when she had a baby. I uh, just had a baby two so, months ago. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm. How, how's the baby doing? He's great. Good. Yeah, he's Good. really great. Uh, my brain is not completely with us. So yet. I'm here Although to correct I her can't, when she does Zach, that. I really can't promise that it was ever fully with us. So, <laughs> you know, you're getting me in all my. Glory. It's important so, to be honest about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's a great segue into where we want to go next with um, your your childhood growing up mm -hmm. with two moms. Yeah, some of the difficulties you tell you you mentioned that there were difficulties. What what kind of stuff did you have to go through growing up? I mean, a lot of it was simply just under, You know, my mom Terry, God bless her. From <laughs> before I could understand, was telling me stories about you know how I came to be. You know talking about like artificial insemination. So like right out of the gate, she literally, was like, was I mean, before I could understand. Yeah. And, and can, can, can I ask what exactly, do you remember exactly how she explained it to no, you? Because, I mean, I literally don't remember a time where I didn't know. It was just part of it the fabric of your, you, totally. were, you were conceived with artificial insemination. And yeah. You know, and like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> there was never like a moment where like she sat me down and we like, we talked about it. It was like, I always knew growing uh -huh. up. Yep. Uh -huh. Um, However, there were also plenty of realizations that, you know, we were different, that mm -hmm. my family was different from other families. Some of those were because my family was being treated differently mm -hmm. or because there were certain words that were being used in school that just didn't connect to my own experience. So there were, I mean, there were a lot of different parts of it growing up. And one of the things that was, I mean, somewhat unrelated specifically to having same-sex parents was Terry's diagnosis with multiple sclerosis when I was eight years old, although I didn't they didn't tell me until I think it was 11 or 12. And that was a, a really seismic development in sure. our, in our family's mm -hmm. uh, kind of, you know, history. Mm -hmm. um, so how did that affect the family in, in terms of like, I mean, now you have a dynamic where someone is sick and like, how did that change things? And how did, I mean, all these things are happening at once. Like what was that like for you? Well, one of the things that was, um, Kind of uh, totally, and, and, and it wasn't until I got a little detached from it that I could understand what had happened. So because Terry was sick, she was in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. and that made them even more conspicuous. Right. And so they come to a football game, and not only do you have two moms, there are the two moms, and one parent is in a wheelchair. Wow. And that's just even more just like mm -hmm. sticking out like a sore, th just sore like thumb. Just different. Absolutely. And... You know, it it just kind of felt like one thing on top of another. And it's a great example of how, you know, intersectionality works, right? You've got both somebody who is disabled and queer mm -hmm. and, you know, we're living in, admittedly, a progressive college town. But, but still, the middle America. That's, it, it is, it, it, 
there are, I think, plenty of people who think, oh, you know, growing up in progressive Iowa City, I'm sure that was fine. And there were some, I mean, in some ways, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. administrators had my back, and that was huge. Teachers in schools had my back. But kids are kids, you know, and yeah. there were, there were in, you know, the words fag and gay were thrown out as slurs. Did anyone ever come after you with that? Like, did they call you absolutely. a fag and like, oh, yeah, for and sure. the bullying? And- for sure. No, it did change once I got bigger and taller. Oh, and, yeah, because you yeah, you're a giant. Wh- right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how did your parents handle or how did you handle like the bullying or anything where like was the house really communicative like i mean maybe you could walk us through like what happened how it was handled that kind of thing mm-hmm. well in the opening chapter in the book is called mm-hmm. be prepared and i talk about what it was like as a family the conversations we had around the dinner table because that was for us those were really important almost every single night growing up k through 12 we had dinner you know, at our dinner table, mm-hmm. very fortunate, very privileged in that respect that we That's were able amazing. to do that. Mm-hmm. And those conversations, you know, we'd always start uh, before the meal, have a conversation about that month's value. Those are, and that would rotate. You had through. month values from yep. this this particular book. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, teaching your children values. I, I have to buy this book. Richard and Linda Iyer. Oh, I, I, I thought you meant. I was like, you did buy the book. It's right. <laughs> no, a book he talks <laughs> well, oh, about. Yeah, in this and book. and so basically, they had twelve values, one for each month, mm-hmm. and April would be about. Uh, tr- being trustworthy or mm-hmm. honesty, and May would be about being frugal or being thrifty. Mm-hmm. And so we would start each meal by giving an example, either from our own lives or something that we had seen somebody else do, of that value. And like often, I would just like kind of skip through it on my way to whatever <laughs> I was eating for dinner that night. But over time, I didn't I mean, spend my quarter on dessert. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it, but over time, you know, those it did those, those sink yeah. in. Yeah, and. And so it would be around those dinner table conversations where we would talk about bullying or we, were, we would, Terry would, uh, my mom, Terry would give us these strategies for, you know, how do you deal with the bully? And I think my mom called it fogging, which yes, is like you just, you kind of either repeat uh, this phrase over and over, you know, like, I feel sorry for you back to the bully. And I'm lucky I never got my, like, punched out or anything. Uh, it certainly could have been much worse. So you literally were in high school and you were like, I feel sorry for uh, you. This was elementary school. Um, it, yeah. it, cha- it changed a little bit going into junior high and then high school. You know, in junior high, the the struggle was much more that, I mean, fag and gay were used mm-hmm. every morning on the bus, right. going to school every afternoon on the bus. Yep. Back. And did you, did that, did those words touch a nerve in you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. They did, because but when I was like, in high school, they didn't. No, so they, t- yeah. they definitely did for me. And, and part of it is, you know, you're on the bus, like all the cool kids are the ones saying this mm-hmm. stuff. And like, I have to get off the bus and go have dinner with my gay parents. Yeah. And, um, and it's like every, I'm sure every time it was a moment of, am I standing up for them or do I want to fit in? That's right. That's right. exactly right. Right. And so how do we protect you from this? And then how did your moms protect you? And do you feel like they did a gr- good job helping you through that? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think they did about as good as you could do. And there was a very conscientious decision to move from central Wisconsin where I was born in, in this town called Marshfield to Iowa City, which was a larger, more progressive community. And that was an intentional choice on their part. And I do think that they somewhat underestimated themselves. You know, like, I, I think they probably fell into the trap that some pe- many other people might, which is that, oh, it's a liberal progressive college town. Like, it's not a It'll problem be fine. here. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's like, we're, I mean, we're in Brooklyn. Oh, it'll right. be fine. But it's right. still, well, they're still different. You know, and, and it may be okay, but it, you know, it's, look, it's not like you live in rural Iowa. Yeah. It's a different ball game. But sure. 
it's not necessarily going to be a walk in the park either. And I think that there are unfortunately a lot of gay parents who just totally delude themselves into thinking right. that their kids will not face any problems. And it sounds like that's not the case for you guys, which I'm but I'm and their for. kids don't tell them. Right. Yeah. You yeah, know, of you try to shield your parents from things too. You don't right. want your parents right. to be hurt. You don't want to talk right. to them because of who they are. <laughs> right. But I, and you don't want to talk to them for sure. too. There's that. But I think parents need to be conscientious of the fact that mm-hmm. that will happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, you I have mean, to be. My thing when I was thinking about having kids was always what, whatever the thing is. You're too old. You're too big. You're too small. You're you're not attractive. You're attractive. Like your kids, your kids are going to see the otherness in you. Right. And at some point in their growing up it's going to be an issue. Yep. Like I remember my dad taking me to the movies and I would sit three rows behind him because I was not sitting. And this not was our seen in public. Yeah. Uh, and this was sure. the time when we were hanging out together because we were, my parents were divorced and he picked me up and then I would be like, great. And then go sit away. Right. Like, it's wow. like, that's re- ridiculous. Right. And if my kids did that, I'd be very upset. Yeah, see, I don't think I, I don't think I ever did anything quite <laughs> I never that did. bad. I always wanted to be right next to my mom. Robin, now, so. sometimes it would be tricky because Terry, <laughs> clearly was, I'm the turd here. <laughs> she, she would, because Terry was in a wheelchair. So she'd have to have a special spot in the movie theater yeah. or what have you. Um, no, that would have been but, super mean if you went. Yeah, God, so if we transition a little bit into your viral video, which it seems like it has had a real impact on who you are today mm-hmm. since you're so running for Senate. Um, can you talk to us about how did you get there? I mean, you're you're in college, you're doing college things, and all of a sudden you're in front of the House of Representatives. Like. It was a beautiful speech, by the it way. Really I mean, it really was. We don't so have to eloquent. tell you that because I think you know that by now. But have you heard this before? <laughs> this is new. I, I appreciate it every time. So thank you. Yes. Um, Such nice manners, Terry and, uh-huh. and Nurse Jackie, if you're listening. Such yeah. nice manners on this boy. <laughs> you know, I don't know if anyone's actually really given her the nickname Nurse Jackie before. No. Like, no, it's. Overdue. I mean, I'm gonna. I take credit for that. I mean, <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's happening. I feel like right now. So, so the 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 journey that led me to that speech really went back to. 2009, which is the year that Iowa legalized same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. We were the third state in the country to legalize same-sex marriage. And I was a senior in high school, and I was the columns editor for my high school newspaper. And so I wrote a column about how happy I was for this decision. And uh, that column wound up running in the Des Moines Register, which is the state's largest wow, daily that's newspaper. Incredible. <laughs> and what the reason that's important is because that was what put me on the radar mm-hmm. of some of the advocacy groups in the state. They read this column. And so then fast forward to 2011, after the Tea Party midterms, mm-hmm. Republicans have full control of the Iowa House. They decide that their top legislative priority is reversing the Supreme Court decision. The call goes out statewide for people to come to Des Moines to testify. Mm-hmm. I am on that list because of the column I wrote when I was in high school. And at the time, you know, I was a sophomore at the University of Iowa. I was studying civil and environmental engineering. Now, I had followed politics pretty closely for just being a young kid growing up because I learned at a very early age that politics had a big impact on my family sure. and on, on my own life. But I had decided that I just didn't think that politics was the arena where I wanted to make a difference, make my contribution. I wanted to be an engineer, work in environmental protection to the renewable energy industry. And so I was studying civil and environmental engineering at the <laughs> University of Iowa. Again, so similar to my, my yeah, path. I don't think so. Well, no, no. The, so this <laughs> col- seven majors, this, it's this, fine. Well, so I mean, I, actually, I bounced around before I made that decision. That was what I wanted to do. But anyway, regardless, the call goes out. I decide I have to go speak. Now, you will appreciate this. Hilariously, I was actually, <laughs> I was uh, scheduled to babysit for a lesbian couple in town <laughs> that night. And, you know, when the call went out initially, I was like, oh, I'd love to, but I'm babesitting uh, so can I send like a written testimony instead? Uh, would you like my piece and, from the paper? 
<laughs> or like, you know, like maybe I can, but like I'll have to find a replacement. So I let the couple know they found somebody. Oh my God. By the way, I just need to pause for one second. Never has a babysitter canceled on me and found their own replacement. <laughs> I mean, it's like, were there oh, just no, like, no, no, no. I, so I, did, I didn't find the replacement. They, I said, hey, do you have somebody else you could find? Like, oh, oh yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But you, I mean, you've, you've had it together for a very long time. I know, you're Zach. like I Superman. Mean, you're, you're well, pretty, no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's, I mean, I after this, again, once again, we're going to go move in with your parents yeah. and hope they that did, we come out they better. They did a good job. I mean, you were, you know, you had politics on your radar because it affected your family. I, even if it affected my family, I don't think I would have had politics <laughs> yeah. on my radar. So okay. it's just a testament well, to I you. I mean, look, I, I will never forget how it felt. The 2000, 2004, I was in the eighth grade. And my very first homework assignment in the eighth grade was to watch the speeches of the Republican National Convention, which mm-hmm. were happening. It was it was in September. It was late mm-hmm. that year. And I will never forget what it felt like to watch right-wing politicians yep. get up and in one breath talk about the dangers of terrorism and Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden and the war in Iraq. And in the next breath, talk about the dangers of families like mine. Of your moms. Of my moms, yeah. yeah. And of it these was, lovely women. Yeah, it was scary. Know? I mean, it was incredibly isolating. I felt so powerless. Mm. And I didn't see, you know, the Democratic Convention had already happened. And so, like, I didn't see anyone standing up fighting back, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, there were, I mean, the Democratic Party in 2004 was like, yeah, I mean, gay marriage, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you know. Don't but, ask, like, don't tell. <laughs> right. Let's get back to this. Yeah, and so it was, look, I'll never forget and, that, and it was at that point where I realized, you know, politics had a big impact on my family and on me. Yep. Did you talk to your moms about that? Yeah, no, I was I was watching it with them at the yeah. table yeah. over the twelve. Values. Well, they only had well they only, we only they only had one TV that you could watch, and it was in their bedroom. So like we're literally just like I'm sitting on the bed, watching the speeches, taking notes, you know, scribbling on mm-hmm. a I think a probably like a, a, a yellow legal pad, mm-hmm. and just like. What are these people talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like, who are these families that mm. are this threat to American right. values? Because yeah. it's family. clearly not yeah. us, you know. Mm. I'm a Boy Scout. Like, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> yeah, so, anyway. I mean, you couldn't be a more of a model citizen. Well, I know. Little Zach. I just picked little Zach. But still well, tall. But, but, then, yes. the, but yeah. the next day in class... I didn't have the courage to mm. to speak up about it. I didn't I didn't have the courage to say why I was so upset about these speeches. And um, did that affect in part why you wanted to go speak? Absolutely. To the and I because I knew that eighth grade me would have been terribly upset mm. with college sophomore me if I hadn't gone and and, and spoken up. So I knew I had to go. All right, I have yeah. to interrupt you. Didn't you kind of like revise it? in the car on your way. Yeah, I was I was kind of practicing and like so if you look at uh, so I still have I think in my uh somewhere in my parents' house the trans I mean so I do I do have notes but I didn't look at them. Mm. It was really um, clear that you knew what you were going to say. Yeah. Which is it was for someone that age you were so poised, you mm-hmm. were so um just eloquent. It was a, it was a fantastic I, speech. I have speech and debate to thank for that. Well, you know, my mom was uh, the debate champion. Your mom was? My mom was in high school. She she talks about it to this day. She's in the paper. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Zach. I may or may not have won a state championship in debate when I, I was think, in high school. Oh, I think you did. Wait, we're gonna need a picture of that for promotion. <sighs> I um but my so I had a so I, I so there's some people who do like single, like solo debate. I had a partner and she she definitely my mom carried did the team. too. Yeah. yeah. She had a partner. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> she <laughs> <No>. with your <laughs> mother. But, yeah, so I so I was I was revising it in the car and I was trying to I was figuring out, okay, it's kind of working through in my head as I'm driving. You know how I what I wanted to say, but it's a whole nother ball game to actually get there. I mean, my heart I mean, your was nerves racing. Had to oh, be off the if charts. You watch the video. I put my hands in my pockets because they're 
shaking. But <laughs> it's a move, yeah. though. The pocket move makes you look like a distinguished gentleman. Yeah. It's a very okay, nice, well, smart move. I, you know, I mean, because you don't want the hands where you put them <laughs> yeah, out and you yeah, go like yeah, this. Yeah, right, right. Uh, for those of you who are listening, yeah, his hands literally shaking right now. And I hope there's lots listening, by the way. I, yeah, I hope so too. I mean, look, it's uh, it was, and it was an incredible moment. I mean, the, that room, the house chamber was full of activists, of lawmakers. There were people from the press. There was a lady behind you nodding during the whole thing. Vigorously. That woman is actually now running for the state senate. She just announced <gasps> literally. You? No, 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 no. She's running in, oh, okay. in a totally different district. She was nodding. She yes. Was, yeah. And, and at the end, she Into turns it. to somebody else and goes, "Oh, wow." Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's a yeah. good. Sp- I mean, it gets you. Your yeah. speech yeah. gets you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's what it's now at seventeen million views. Oh, I mean, so the funny thing is that, so the Iowa House Democrats, so so that video was recorded by an intern for the Iowa House Democrats with a flip cam and then uploaded to YouTube. Once it was uploaded to YouTube, one something one way that you can make money on YouTube is by downloading popular videos and Mm -hmm. then re-uploading them to your own, like you can like like copy it basically and then you get ad revenue. And the hilarious part is that when it went viral the second time, well, (laughs) but I mean, there's no one to enforce it. So when it went viral, so it went viral initially in January, February 2011 from the Iowa House Democrats. Then some random person copied it, uploaded it, but then just like deactivated their account or just like would like stop using their account. So we reached out to this person, never heard anything back. Then when when it went viral a second time later that year, when Move On, Mm -hmm, the liberal mm -hmm. online advocacy group, pushed it out. To their entire email list, and it's funny that group for Move On then spun off and became Upworthy. Oh, interesting! Oh. I was the perfect concept for Upworthy. Uh, it turns out that's um, a nice fact. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah they, I enjoy Upworthy. I, yeah, uh, I don't even know what they're doing anyway. Uh, but when they made it go viral the second time, it was with one of those copies. Mm-hmm. So that one got now I think twenty some million views. The original's up to three and a half. So, but then it also, Facebook video changed the game again. Sure. Because now it's gone viral several times on Facebook with mm. like the native sure. video player. And I think Ashton Kutcher shared it over this most recent summer in June and it got like 150 million plays. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you had, so you had I was no way wrong idea. with my 17 million. Yeah, you had yeah, yeah, no yeah. idea when you said this speech that it was going to turn even, into this. Well, the funny part is that I could see the press and like there were, I think, a few TV cameras. I don't, I don't remember clearly, but I think there were. I, I did not see the intern with the flip cam. Hmm. Yeah. I had no idea. Because nobody notices the interns, no. let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Unless yeah, it's yeah. lunchtime and then we're like, you, right. over here. <laughs> and and Are we putting in the seamless or what? Well, you know, the funny part is, like, I, I don't even think she, she might have uploaded another speech or two, but mine was the only one that, that took off. had a off. big, yeah. yeah. Well, so it must have changed. I mean, I'm just making an assumption here, but it must have changed the course of, I mean, you're running for Senate now. It had to have changed the course of your future. Well, you mm-hmm. just said 10 minutes ago that you never really wanted to have a career in politics. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I did not think that the way I would make my contribution would be in the political realm, in right. part because I had seen, you know, President Obama had been elected in 2008, and that was the first campaign I ever knocked on a door for. Mm-hmm. And then the issue that I cared the most about, which was climate change, just mm-hmm. stalled. You know, Repo- you know, Democrats had full control of the presidency, of the House, the Senate, and they weren't able to get a cap-and-trade bill through. And that's just like, well, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, you know. If so, not now, then, Yeah, you know. exactly. And so so I just kind of, you know, I still followed politics, but the idea, like, I just didn't see any value in in actually being a part of the political process in that way. Because nothing was happening. happening. So, you know, I was going to be an engineer and, like, just go do the work of making change in the field. And then when this happened, 
I mean, I, I had a choice to make, which was do I like respond to all of these interview requests and mm-hmm. phone calls and emails or do I say, look, I've said what I have to say. I'm going to go back to my engineering course of study and go do that. It took some time for me to make up that choice and I eventually decided, you know, I feel like eighth grade me, you know, mm-hmm. again, would be very disappointed if I didn't keep speaking out and keep, keep, you know, uh, doing this advocacy work. So I decided to lean into it and to, to go to go do it. Well, so I have a question for you. So we're, we're starting to talk a little bit about your campaign now that you're running for Senate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have a quote from uh, this man, Cortland Sykes, who's a Republican Senate candidate in Missouri. And he said about his daughters, he said, I don't want them to grow up in a, into career-obsessed banshees who forego home life and children and the happiness of family to become nail-biting, man-phobic, hell-bent feminist she-devils. Sounds like a fun guy. Does he, sound like, he sounds like such a good I, I, I think I've, I feel like I've heard about this guy. <laughs> Cortland Sykes. And, uh, He's running for the U.S. Senate? Yeah, in Against in, in Claire Missouri. McCaskill? Yeah. I don't have that level of detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, me. But, but my question is, you know, he... I feel like he's representative in this make America great time that we're living in. Like that dude now has a voice and he can say that and have a career. Whereas a few years back you had to be kind of hidden about those things. What do you, what well, are your concerns you know, about yourself? This, in these this people have always climate. been there, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Todd but they Aiken, didn't say it out loud. Well, in Missouri, Todd Aiken, you know, the legitimate rape, body shot yeah. down. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, and then he lost, right? I mean, he said some crazy stuff and he, he paid the price electorally. But I, I mean, would, Roy Moore almost won. Yeah, well, that no, that's, you know, no, that's absolutely. That's and, the and climate. that is, well, in the, the Roy Moore thing, I'm glad you bring that up because that is a, a terrific example of the real danger of the Trump administration, the Trump presidency, and the Republican complicity mm-hmm. in what is happening. Because if you looked at the polling before that special election in Alabama, something like 78% of Republicans thought that the allegations against Roy Moore were fabricated by the press. Mm. Yep. And the reason they thought that was because they were told that by conservative mm-hmm. right-wing yep. media. And Republic, the Republican Party, who... Stood behind him. They, you know, they have been silent... And Frank, I mean, no, they haven't been silent. They have encouraged Republican attacks mm-hmm. by Trump and people around mm-hmm. him against the press. You know, democracy, I mean, democracy is such a fragile thing. It is. You know, we, and it is, it is supported these guardrails. We talk about these, these norms mm-hmm. of our institutions protecting the press. I mean, it's so, so important. And so we're teetering a little we, right now. We, we are absolutely teetering right so now. That, so that brings and me like, back to my to question dramatic, about the gays. So do you think that all those people who have been given a voice now by the Trump administration, by the, the side, do you think that they may have an issue voting for a guy who comes from to a lesbian, a gay and lesbian house? Are you concerned uh, or not concerned? Well, look, I mean – Cortland Sykes is not going to vote for me. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to win Cortland Sykes over. I'm not. I'm. Just, I'm not. I have a feeling you wouldn't be. Now there are a lot of people who I do think voted for Donald Trump or who voted for you know Mitt Romney or John McCain, not just because you know they're like people who hate women or hate LGBT people or you know. I, I think that there are some deeply held ideological differences in terms of responsibility. I think, I mean, in Trump's case, there's a significant amount of racism, but I don't think that those things explain everything. When I think about my campaign and the people who I'm trying to engage, look, we can't leave people behind. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out there and throw women or people of color or LGBTQ people under the bus. 
I also am going to be talking with and reaching out to people who didn't vote for Democrats mm-hmm. in 2016 because if we are not able to engage these, I mean, frankly, a lot of them feel left behind too, mm-hmm. you know, and you, we can have a, a debate and I think there is a real debate to be had as to, to what extent like that's actually true or whether that's part of the right wing. Sure. Kind Propaganda. Of yeah. Right. But that, the, the, whether or not it's true is like, that's how they feel, yep. you know, and, and especially on the left, we spend a lot of time talking about experience and that is their experience. Yep. And so I think if you pretend it's not there, the reality is that in a democracy, we each get one vote, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, and, and the point is also not just to represent the people who voted for you. Yeah. There's some people who approach politics that way, and that's that's not how I think about it. I think if you're going to do it, you have to represent everybody who voted for you, uh, or everybody who you represent, not just people who voted for you. Mm-hmm. So, do you think, how do you think your childhood prepared you for your Senate run? Mm. I mean, I could take it back to that table. Well, yeah, I think, the, yeah I, think, I think those values are, are super important. And look, I, and I'll, I'll be really clear, I don't live up to those values every single day. No one ever what? does. Everybody you know? slips up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. And like, I actually don't believe that about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's definitely true. I am. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, it is a really important compass. You know, you might not always follow the compass, but it's always pointing in the right direction. And that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's certainly, look, having a parent in a wheelchair when you're 11 years old, you know, yeah, knowing what it feels like to get dirty looks or just be straight up ignored, frankly, mm, most yeah. of the, I mean, th- that was th- the frustrating part so often was just that people would pretend like my mom in the wheelchair just wasn't there. Because it was too uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. You know, and humanity, we go back to that a lot, like yeah. where it is, where people so, are. So, well, your moms must be very proud of you. They are. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I want you, I, I hope my son grows up to I be know. like you. <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah. All right. So before you leave us, we do want to give a listener question. Okay. We have Grace from Northampton. Hi, Grace. Um, <laughs> Hi, Grace. Grace loves you. She's a fan. Um, what she would like to know is what is your experience of not having a dad? Good question. Uh, you know, and I, I like that question because I, I like to differentiate between dad and father. You know, there's a reason why, and spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't seen The Empire Strikes Back, but there's a reason why <laughs> Luke doesn't say, uh, or Darth Vader doesn't say to Luke, you know, Luke, I am your dad, right? right. I mean, that yeah, sounds yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, dad, in my mind, is much more that, that emotional relationship with the male yep. parent. And father is a biological connection. So, um, you know, it's hard, you know, um, I, I don't have a control group, you know, I don't have like something <laughs> to which I can immediately compare my own life. So it's kind of hard to talk about my experience in a way where, you know, like, well, okay, well, you know, so, I, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> Look, I'll say this. I had great Grace male, is stumping you. I had great male role models in my life. And that was it. My parents worked to do that. They yeah. found, you know good men, you know, whether it's uncles or uh, male role models at church or in the Boy Scouts. I mean, that was one reason why they were willing to keep me enrolled in the Boy Scouts, even though they had that policy that officially, you know, did yep. not allow them to participate, even though it was never an actual issue because yep. local, it's it's a local program. But, um, and so there was no shortage of positive male role models. You know, my best friend, one of my best friend's dads growing up taught me how to shave, you know, and... You know, so like I, I don't really feel like I, I mean, look, I'm. You didn't miss it. No, I mean, like, well, you can't miss something you don't have. You know, right? I, I, I miss owning a Jaguar. You yeah. know, like, okay, yeah. uh, so. Um, 
you know, you had you said something great in the book that I loved on this on this subject. You said you, your your uncle taught you how to shave, or who was it? Uh, one of my best friend's dads. Your yeah. be- one of your best friend's dads taught you how to shave, um, and that was fine. And your your moms couldn't do that. Yeah, but yeah, also yeah. your sister. Oh yeah, she couldn't. Yeah, right? they they couldn't teach you how to use makeup. That's right. And she and she 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 learned it somewhere else. And yeah, that yeah, was yeah. fine too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Which, you know, and look, at the end of the day, um, there are, and like, there are still men in my life who I talk about, you know, various things, just like there's some things I talk about with my moms. Like, you know, there are, when we say it takes a village, like, this is what we're talking about, yeah. you know? It and does so, take a village. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, my experience was good because I had two loving, committed parents who cared about me. There are plenty of shitty dads out there. Sure. You know? And or so, like, or parents where, like, families where the dad takes off. Right. Like, yeah. you know, that's, there's lots. Yep. Did you ever ask your moms about, dad or no because yeah yo for sure no i mean uh there were questions like well why is my family different like why do they have dads and i don't you know um mm-hmm. i definitely yeah there were, i definitely had and like i at one point you know in probably like the first or second grade for elementary school it's like fa- like the school year ran into father's day so like we made father's day cards but mm. Like, you know, so like, but I made one. It's like, hey, dad, like looking forward to meeting you. You can come live with us. Love, Zach. You know, and I don't know how my moms reacted when they saw that. But they probably weren't weren't thrilled. But I will say this. They were also very straightforward with me about the donor. And, you know, they were willing to share. Uh, There's like an, a recording with him that the crowd bank did mm-hmm. on like a CD. I think that's pretty normal. Yep. He had filled out like a questionnaire. I got, I could read that. So, you know, there were plenty of, and from the start, it was always just yeah. out there. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no secrets. You know, it was just, this is, my mom had a name for him, even though we don't, we have a donor number, but that's, that's it. And, you know, but it was, it was, she yeah. had a name was for him that she yeah, had made. Yeah, well, so, so she, well, she had a Star Trek name like Seven no, of so Nine. No, it was Wolfgang because that was the <laughs> name that right. she had threatened to name me when she was talking <laughs> about her pregnancy with my pa- or my grandparents. And Zach, we have a lot in common. I was going to be Obi Wan. <laughs> I was. That's... I well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which would be a harder name to have, Obi Wan or Wolfgang. I, yeah. I feel like I feel like a certain dude in high school could pull off Wolfgang. Yeah, I'm not that. But guy, I don't though. think anyone can pull off Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, that's true. But like just that's almost true. nobody. Yeah, I don't know why. True. I don't know why. I mean, maybe like jo- Johnny Depp. Maybe. Yeah. Johnny Depp, maybe. Just like outside smoking, be like I'm Obi. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I just want to say this was absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. having you here. Yeah, um, no, thank you guys. I, I wish that I wish I lived in Iowa so I could come vote for you yeah because i would well i i appreciate it yeah um, maybe, if, maybe i'll well, take a mail in if, if your listeners want to learn more they can just visit our website uh if you just go to zachwalls.com z-a-c-h-w-a-h-l-s that'll redirect you to our campaign website i'm also on twitter at zach walls and facebook Same deal. he's everywhere guys on the social media you should you should check him out mm-hmm. definitely and read his book even though he read it he wrote it a long time ago it's very well written well i and appreciate I, that i feel like Thank he you. won't say this but i'll say this i say vote for zach Vote for Zach. Right? I'll say it too. He's also very handsome and tall. Oh. Did we mention he's tall and handsome? <laughs> it's like suddenly we just, it's a straight podcast. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly we're all like, hi, Zach. <laughs> Thanks for coming Thank you in. Thanks so much, Zach. Thanks, guys. Wow. Oh my God, I love Zach Walls. We just interviewed Zach Walls, Robin. Let's, let, I, I'm so impressed by us. I am too. But and I'm more impressed by him, unfortunately. He's. Oh, he's amazing. I hope our kids turn out as good as Zach Walls. I was thinking that the whole time. What a well-versed young man. I also want to meet Nurse Jackie now and Terry (laughs) and Mom Terry. Well, let's, I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on Zach, on, mm-hmm. on his childhood and his upbringing and his Senate run. So 
share share any of your thoughts on our social media. We're on If These Ovaries Could Talk on Facebook, and we're on Ovaries Talk on Twitter. Twitter. Where are we on Instagram, Jamie? It's Ovaries underscore, underscore Talk. talk. <laughs> because somebody took Ovaries Talk. Yeah. We're mad at you, lady. Yeah, it might have been me on accident. <laughs> Probably was, let's be honest. <laughs> well, this was just such a great episode. We want to leave you um, with some bonus content mm. of Zach. He, Jamie asked him about the speech, mm-hmm. and he recited. He just went right into it, verbatim. From memory. The whole speech. And as our mouths, you know, went agape, <laughs> he said, well, you know, it's been played back at me a lot. I, I was like, <laughs> my entire life's been played back at me and I can't remember it. Like, no. that's unbelievable. And, yeah, and he did it with the um, the pauses that you need to take. I mean, it was like... It was ver- dramatic. Beautiful. I, I teared up. So, and I think you might too. So we're going to leave you with that. So we're going to leave you with that. And we're going to say it on our way out, eggs, eggs ovaries, ovaries out, baby. No, no, I did that. <laughs> Uh, good evening, Mr. Chairman. My name is Zach Walls. I'm a sixth-generation Iowan, an engineering student at the University of Iowa, and I was raised by two women. When my biological mom, Terry, told her parents that she was pregnant, the artificial insemination had worked. They wouldn't even acknowledge it. It actually wasn't until I was born and they succumbed to my infantile cuteness that they broke down and told her <laughs> that they were thrilled to have another grandson. Unfortunately, neither of them lived to see her marry her partner, Jackie, of 15 years when they wed in 2009. My younger sister and only sibling was born in 1994. We actually have the same... Uh, donors that were full siblings, which is really cool for me, you know, and I guess the point is that our family really isn't so different from any other Iowa family. When I'm home, we go to church together, we eat dinner, we go on vacations, but we've had our hard times too. We get in fights and actually my mom, Terry, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2000. It's a devastating disease that put her in a wheelchair. So we've had our struggles, but you know, we're Iowans. We don't expect anyone Even to solve. I know, I know. Right? Uh, we don't expect anyone to solve our problems for us. We'll fight our own battles. We just hope for equal and fair treatment from our government. As a student at the University of Iowa, the topic of same-sex marriage comes up frequently in classroom discussions, and the question always comes down to, well, can gays even have kids? And the conversation gets quiet for a moment because most people don't really have an answer. Then I'll raise my hand and say, actually, I was raised by a gay couple and I'm doing pretty well. I scored in the 99th percentile in the ACT. I'm an Eagle Scout. I own and operate my own small business. If I was your son, Mr. Chairman, I believe it would make you very proud. I'm not really so different from any of your children. My family really isn't so different from yours. After all, your family doesn't derive its sense of worth from being told by the state, you're married, congratulations. Mm -hmm. No, the sense of family comes from the commitment that we make to each other to work through the hard times so we can enjoy the good ones. It comes from the love that binds us. That's what makes a family. So what you're voting on here today isn't to change us. It's not to change our families. It's to change how the law views us and how the law treats us. You are voting for the first time in the history of our state to codify discrimination into our Constitution, a Constitution that, but for the proposed amendment, is the least amended Constitution in the United States of America. You are telling Iowans that some among you are second-class citizens who do not have the right to marry the person you love. So will this vote affect my family? Will it affect yours? Over the next few hours, I'm sure we're going to hear plenty of testimony about how damaging having gay parents is on kids, but in my 19 years, not once have I ever been confronted by an individual who realized independently that I was raised by a gay couple. And do you know why? Because the sexual orientation of my parents has had zero effect on the content of my character. Thank you very much.